Well, today we are finishing up our series on Rod. Um, we've, we've looked over the past few weeks and kind of been building each week um, on how we can be robbed of the life that God wants for us. Um, John 10.10 10 sort of says, The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy, and, and I have come that you may have life and have it to abundance. And so, again, I said it each week, we kind of focus on the last part of that verse that Jesus has come to give us life and abundance and we forget about the thief that is robbing us blind. We, we have been robbed of, of, of different things that Jesus has given us and given us and given us and meanwhile someone's like, God gives us one and they takes two. Uh, we, the devil and, and, and the world that he rules does not want us living in the life that God has for us. He doesn't want that. If Christians fully embrace the life that God had for them, there would be no criticism of Christians. There would be no argument against Christians. They're going, well, well, they do have life and, and I'm chasing all these other things and I'm not fulfilled and they are. And, 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 and the thing is, so Jesus not only wants us to live that fulfilled life for our own benefit, but for the testimony to his glorious kingdom. And so it's really important that we understand that we are not to be robbed. And, and the thing is, today we're, we're going to be looking at being robbed of our future. And this kind of, again, quickly picks up where we left off last week. Last week, we looked at being robbed of our hope and joy. And if you are living without hope, it's very hard to live in a way where you're living expectantly for the future. Because in reality, we have worries over an uncertain future. And, and, and think of it, it happens at different ages. Like first day of, of going to prep and you're worried about leaving mum or dad or behind or maybe you just like you jump into it and then you're worried about other things and, and as you go through school, there's different, different things that happen. You, you worry about standing up in front of your class and you worry about getting your report card. You, you worry about sort of this and that and then all of a sudden it's high school time and you, you, you're worried about like going from, I remember going to high school and like you seem so small compared to everyone else there. And so all of a sudden you're worried about that. You're worried about making new friends. You're worried about succeeding. You're worried about your identity. You're worried about fitting in. You're worried about being special. And then that finishes and you might go to university and then you have to worry about leaving home and living by yourself. And like all those things that mum and dad had in, their, in, in the fridge for you that are no longer in your fridge all those things that you could do whenever you wanted at home. And I remember when I was first out of school, things like even filling up my car was something that I had to plan around. I went, okay, I can this much fuel. I guess I'm walking those few days or riding my bike because I don't want to run out of fuel before then. And okay, you had to plan that. And so you can worry about having your needs met. I remember when I was in a place um, I, when I first moved to Brisbane, when I was first in ministry, there was, I had some significant trials of supply. I had um, made some, uh, not my own person, poor, poor choices, but I had some poor choices of others forced upon me. And I was getting to a point saying, God, there's no way I can live but to rely just on you. But it was a worry because all of a sudden, I remember one week I went, Okay, I what can I afford to eat? What can I afford to eat? And and like and making that go far enough. 
um, good old days of wheat bix for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like um, it was one of those things that you you could do. And but then you get to the point, and you you meet someone, and then you 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 start dating, you get married, and you start wor- well. Maybe you're worried about not meeting someone, and you're going, I, I I've got to meet someone so that I can live my life fully, and 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 finding a job that can supply my needs, and finding a pathway. Get married have kids the worries build up around your kids then and the worries keep going and the kids are doing okay this but not okay this and and then you're worried about you actually being able to be functional while these kids for the next 20 years seem to drive you as crazy as they possibly can I wonder if some of you with white hair out day today wouldn't have had white hair if it wasn't for your kids so for those who are children, have parents around them, look to them right now and saying, okay, am I sending them over the edge right now? It's another worry that we take on board. And then all of a sudden, maybe our kids move out, we get ready to live the good life and all the worries about all the doctors we have to go see and what comes next. So, so Doc... Which bingo card did I win today? You've actually got five of a kind of this or you've got full house. You've, you've actually, you've won today. And we end up living with the different things that come our way. Top it all off, we throw in financial insecurity in the world. We, we, we throw in things like COVID that love to sort of um, just came out of nowhere and just produced a whole amount of uncertainty. And personal challenges along the way. We live in a world which is full of worries about an uncertain future. And if we have no hope and joy, it's hard to have a future. If we have no meaning and purpose, it's hard to have hope and joy. If we have no identity and value, it's hard to have meaning and purpose. And so if the devil can do what he desires to do and can rob us of all these things. All of a sudden, we are stuck not looking forward with any expectation at all. We look forward with worry. We look forward with trepidation. We look forward with uncertainty. And this is the thing. I want to pull a few different things together today to go, how do we live in a way where we have assurance going into our future? I'm not saying how do we live in a way that everything is going to work out the way I want. I, I, I think the older you get, you realise that not, not everything will go the way you want, but God is, is in everything and God helps us get through everything. So for some of you young people out there, um, so young people, for those who are not so young, I'm going to say 25 and under. If you missed the gap, feel free to add a year or two on. But let's say 25 and under. You may have all these different plans looking in the future. Now, depending on your personality, you might be someone who goes, I can't wait until this happens for me. And you might have this plan locked in your head and like you've got 10 steps and then life is going to be perfect. I'm going to guarantee you some of those steps may not happen you may find a lot of those steps may not happen. I'm not saying you don't get to the end of where you want to get to, but I can guarantee you life does not always turn out the way you think. 
You may be of the personality, being a young person, where you're going, life so far has been hard. I'm not looking forward to the future because it's not guaranteed. And so you're facing many years in front of you where you go, oh, I'm hoping something turns out right for me. But the thing is, we can be worried about this uncertain future. But where I want to start today, real words, so all you proper English teachers, proper English people, don't need to hear this. But I want to, I want to talk about the foreverness of God. Foreverness of God. Um, now, if you're Australian, you've just jumped on board and gone with it, going, that's a real word, so that's good. But the foreverness of God, because when we, the thing is, one of the great things, when we look into our future and, and we look at it with worry and trepidation and uncertainty, is that we have a God who is forever, a God who is eternal. Now, again, this eternalness, this foreverness starts before our time even began. Okay, so Adam and Eve, um, we've got Noah's Ark, we've got Abraham, um, and, 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 and all those stories. God was before all of that. God was actually at work through all of that, and then he was work up to Jesus, and then for the last 2,000 plus years, God has still been at work. He'll be working tomorrow, he'll be working the day after that, but the foreverness of God goes bigger than that, and I'm not, this is a whole, this is a whole sermon series on its own. So I'm going to try and sort of keep this to about five minutes. But when I talk about the foreverness of God, it's, he's forever with all the things he is. He is forever with his love. We, we live in a world that our love seems to run out for people. We, we, we come up empty. Like we, we see things like people just stop loving each other or choose to stop loving each other. Sometimes we see parents abandon children. We, we see lovers sort of defined down into such a small thing and, and, and we go, well, you need to look after yourself more than anyone else. Well, God's love is not like that. He's not, tomorrow when, when you wake up and if you're worried about if God loves you or not, here is a little secret. There is no doubt about that. Definitely God loves you. We've just sung about God being faithful. He was faithful yesterday. He will be faithful today. He will be faithful tomorrow. He'll be faithful next year. He will be faithful in the 2030s. He'll be faithful maybe in 50 years' time or 100 years' time. God's faithfulness doesn't run out in any capacity. His power, oh, that's right, his power is also forever. He doesn't run out of power. He's not like a battery that you need to recharge or, or buy new batteries. He's not like a, a, he's got to get a different fuel source, like he's got to go from solar to electric or, or wind or gas or whatever else. God's power does not run out. What about supply? Well, that's right. God owns everything on, on, on a thousand hills. He, he can provide our needs. God is just. God is holy. God is righteous. All of these attributes of God are e eternal they are forever and they speak to the foreverness of God and so when we look into the future and we've been talking a bit about this over the last few weeks that a lot of what we've been talking about comes back to us trusting in God and so today I want to talk about why we can trust in God with our future because he's got it handled he's got it handled now, I know for some of you, you've got some big things happening this year. 
big worries. God's got it handled. For some of you, you don't even know about the big worries that are coming this year. That's okay. The foreverness of God covers that as well. Next year, the year after, whether you are a, a, a young adult or a teenager, all those things that are kind of part of your plan that you're going to go, how is this going to work? God has got it handled because he is a forever God. And so when we look into our future, God is already there for us. He already knows what's coming. He knows the potholes in the road. He knows the canyons that actually come up as well. And we look down and go, how am I going to get through this? God is already there. And part of we can realize this is that we, we get a sense of this through the endurance of God's word. Again, God's word becomes this source for us where we can be reminded constantly of who God is forever. Uh, in Isaiah 47 and 7 and 8, it says, The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. The Bible and the promises of God, again, they don't run out. When we're looking forward and we want to know if we can trust in God and trust in his word, God is, is really clear about this. He's really clear about this. And, 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 I, and I suppose it's one of the first things that the devil tries to take away from us is who God is to us. We try and minimize God down into sort of like bite-sized packages and, and sort of take this little bit on and take this little bit on. And, and even over these past few weeks, I've been catching up on a bit of research about um, progressive Christianity is what it's called. It's a new new thing. And progressive Christianity is one of these things that denies a lot of the word of God or opens it up for a vast array of interpretations. So basically what happens, it's like, this is what I want to believe. I'm going to put that on top of the Bible and anything that doesn't agree with it, I push it out, push it out or, or, or change the meaning of that. They've, they've even got part, they've heard people sort of sharing about how Jesus actually changed his mind on things. And it's, it's mind-blowing how confident they are on this. But the research shows that a lot of people that sort of rise up in progressive Christianity, they disappear very quickly. They don't last forever. Why? Because God's word lasts forever. God lasts forever. Same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so... That's where I kind of want to start with those two points is that we have the foreverness of God. We've got the endurance of God's word to become a sure foundation for us as we move into the future. Now, the thing is, the Bible does give us a picture of what it would have been like without Jesus. So if we looked into our past and go, this is who I was, this is the direction I was going BC, before Christ in my life. This is the way, and if you naturally follow that direction, as Romans says, it leads to death. That was the path we were on. It was guaranteed. We were guaranteed to live a life without fullness, without meaning, without the fullness of God's love and that ability to love others. We were, we were guaranteed that was our life. But Jesus came and the cross happened. And all of a sudden, there's an alternative that becomes 
part of the picture. Yes, we can still choose the original pathway. We can still stay on the path that says, I'm going to go the way I want, live the life the way I want. I'm going to live for me. I'm going to be in control and it leads to death. Romans is really clear about that. But after Jesus says that there's an alternate pathway. And I just want to read Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions. So that's path A, dead in our transgressions, following that off into that future. Even though we were dead in our transgressions, it was by grace that you have been saved. And so all of a sudden, there is, when we take Christ on in our life, when, or when we actually enter into Christ's life, the second pathway opens up. See, some of you sort of go, well, how do I explain it? It's like, it's like back to the future. There's two different tangents. And one sort of the original one takes us to death and the other one takes us into something new. And, and the idea of that is that Jesus wants us to be a part of his future. This becomes a really big key because so often we live for the future as defined by what we want. God, bless this, bless this plan, bless this relationship, bless my family, bless the things that we've done. Make my life full and blessed so that I can enjoy it for me. And God says, no, 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 no. That's, I'm not saying some of those things won't happen, but I want you to be part of, of our future. I want you to be a part of, of what God is doing. And we see this in Jeremiah 29, 11, one of the verses Charlotte read for us before. For I know the plans I have for you. Now, the thing is, even in that, isn't that a great sense of assurance? God knows the plans he has for each one of us. There are some days in my human wisdom and my human lack of maturity where I go, God, do you know what you're doing? God, have, have, do you realize how this is playing out? God, why don't you do it this way? This would be a much more effective way of making me happy. But no, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. A declaration, a promise. I know the plans I have for you guys. I know what is going to be best for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Jesus wants us to be a part of his future. Jesus wants us to be a part of, of something that is beyond, beyond our wildest imaginations. I believe that when we step into God's will, when we are walking in his path, yes, we, we get forgiveness of sin. We get his grace, his mercy. We get his love abounding in our lives. We get guidance. We get wisdom. We get the fruit of the spirit. All those things come our way. But we are given a pathway that goes into a sure future. Yep. It may have trials. It may have struggles. It may have unexpected things. But God is not surprised by it. 
You will never hear this in the journey of life. You're walking along, something happened, and God goes, oops. There are other times you don't want to hear oops. Okay? If you're in surgery, you don't want to hear oops. I think Leanne was telling me about Jack um, having a haircut a couple of weeks ago. You don't want to hear about oops when that's happening, when the barber's standing behind you and go, oops. There, there are times you don't want to hear that. Someone's making you some food, oops. But with God, you'll never hear that. Unless he wants to play a joke on you and just sit back and laugh. But, but other than that, God is he's not surprised by anything that comes along our way. If you are in a trial right now, God knew about it. God is there with you in it. God is going to give you the strength to get through it. God wants to give us a hope and a future. And again, we go back to this eye that here is the, the foreverness of God. What God sets his mind to, God will always do. And see, in this situation, God wants us to be a part of his future. He wants us to agree with him and say, hey, God, that plan that you haven't given me all the details of, but I trust you, I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to walk in it. It might mean I I move away from home. It might mean I change jobs. It might mean um, I, 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 I step out in faith in something a bit more. And I suppose that gets us to the point that when we want to be a part of, of his future for our lives, we start living for something more. There's a, I love this clip not of a, there's a movie called Gladiator. And right at the start of this movie, the General Maximus is going out with the cavalry and he's giving them a little bit of a pep talk. And he uses this phrase, he says, what you do today will echo in eternity. That's the phrase he gives his men as they're about to go fight this big battle. What you do today will echo in eternity. And when we choose God's plans for us, it may mean letting go of the things that are important to me to grab a hold of the things that are important to God. And we start living for something more. Matthew 6, 19 and 21 says, Do not... Store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heavens where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So when we choose to enter into God's plans for us, we begin to live for something more. We begin to treasure something that is beyond this life. You end up start living in a way where you are doing things that will have an impact, not only for the present, but for eternity. I think sometimes we get lost in our present and all of a sudden our present may cover decades And we go, what was I living for during that time? What was I living for during that time? And so today when we we get to this point where we we need to be able to trust in God. And I, 
Again, I could go on for ages about this. God has shown himself faithful forever, loving forever, forgiving forever. God doesn't run out of those things and so he, he, he does show himself really clearly that we can trust in him. He has plans for us to join with him over and it will be something more. And I, I think it comes down to that word. It comes down to us trusting in him. This has happened across each of these weeks. It comes down to our point of trust in who God is. We're just going to play a quick video right now um, and just I'll, I'll chat to you afterwards. Again, that verse talks about this, just how great God is and what great lengths he has gone to actually make it possible for us to enter into his plans, into his will, to his life. So question I want to leave you as we finish today, as we finish this series, will you trust his future for you? I suppose we can say it for all the questions that we've asked. Will you trust in his identity for you? Will you trust in his purpose for you? Will you trust in his hope and joy for you? I, I think for me, one of the greatest things of, of Christianity is the assurance that we have when we are in Christ. It, it overcomes the flood of worry. It overcomes the uncertainty. And John 10, 27 and 29 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hands. Again, God is, Jesus has been really clear here saying, I, I've, I put my people, I put my children, I put those that I love in my hand. And who is going to take them out of God's hands? Like, I'm not sure if you've seen any of those videos where someone reaches into a crocodile's mouth and takes something out or a lion's mouth. And, and like sometimes you see they're, they're, they're put under because like that's the only time I'd even think about putting my arm into a lion's mouth. And even then, knowing the people, some of the people I know, I reckon this is just a joke. They've just trained the lion and in my arm goes all the way and the lion winks at me, that's what's going to happen. So I'm not, like, I wouldn't put my hand in, there's no way that I'm, if, if there is something in the lion's mouth, the lion has it forever. It's the same with God though. You imagine anyone, any spiritual, any physical person who would be able to come close to God and saying, I'm going to take them from him. I reckon God would even go, here, I'll give you a good look. Now, what are you going to do about it? There's no way in the world that we are ever going to be taken out of God's hands. And so there is an assurance there that we can have that our future is secure, everlasting life, which begins from the time that we enter into relationship with Christ, is assured. Further assurance comes that nothing can separate us from God. Romans 8, 38, 39 makes this obviously clear. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels or demons, neither the present, 
Some of us struggle in the present. Some of you may be struggling today. Do you know what? You are not separated even right now, but then it adds to it, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love the way when Paul writes like this because he wants to make it abundantly clear that God is not going to lose you. God's not going to go, I had 10 and now I've only got nine and nine's still a pretty high number. That's enough. I'll keep moving forward. Now we, we see the story in the, in, the, in the Gospels where Jesus said the shepherd left the 99 to find the one that is missing. <coughs> I'm convinced that nothing will separate us from the love of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Not the present, not the future. And so today, I can't tell you what's going to happen in your future. I can tell you, you can trust him with it though. You can trust your family to him. You can trust your job to him. You can trust um, our church to him. You can trust all things to God. If you are in the middle of a trial right now, God is present with you and he is the forever God, the God who is over all of it. And you may have no other choice but to fall on your knees and say, God, I don't know how to get out of this. So all I'm going to do is trust you with it. That's a choice that you get to make today. Will you trust in his future for you. I don't want you living lives that are robbed of the fullness of God. I want you to know your identity in Christ. I want you to know that you have a meaning and a purpose for your life. I want you to know that God wants your life to be full of hope and joy. And I want you to know that your future is secure with him. And that you can live for something more. We do not have to live in a way that we have been robbed by the world, by the devil. We can live as we focus on the end of that verse, that Christ has come to give us life and life to abundance. That is my desire for you. And that is my prayer for you today, that you would enter into that fullness of life. Lord, I thank you that you have... You have given us so much. You've given us so much that we can live life um, now and into the future and into eternity because of who you are, the forever God. And what you have able to place down as a foundation for us to live from. I pray that we would choose your plans for us I pray that we would live for something more. And I pray that we would trust in you and in so doing, be able to walk in the confidence in our life into the future. And so we pray this in your mighty name. Amen.